Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and really start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and committed effort. That's why I bring guests on the show to talk about their life. Their planning, their committed effort, and the challenges that they may face, and also the longevity story of trying to be successful over an extended period. My next guest is one of my favorites. She's always on my show once a year, Ann Burrell. She has that trademark spiky blonde hair and sparkling personality. Ann Burrell's the is hugely popular and fan favorite host of Worst Cooks in America, my daughter's favorite show. You also seen Worst Cooks in America Celebrity Edition, but we'll be talking about Worst Cooks in America Everyday People. Well, she's on the show to talk about that show. Worst Cooks in America airs on Food Network every Sunday at 9 p.m. So you know where to find me. She's this year with my girl Carla Hall facing off against my girl Amber Burrell to see who can transform these these kitchen disasters into culinary masters. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Amber Rail. <laughs> well, hi. It's so nice to be back again. Well, I, you know, that means that we both are working, and that's a good sign during the pandemic. And uh, uh, I, I'm thankful that I get to work every day. Absolutely. Did it affect any, did the COVID-19 affect any of your uh, productions in 2020? Um, well, luckily, I will have to say we did a season of worst cooks before everything shut down. And mm-hmm. then right around uh, like after Labor Day in September, uh, the end of September and October, um, when things were sort of calmed down a little more, we did a couple more seasons. So the season that's airing now um, and, and then one that will air in May, I think. So, I mean, I've had some things cancel, you know, like in-person stuff and food and wine festivals. But luckily, um, 
most of the big stuff has right. been able to carry on, thankfully. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. Like I always tell you, my I watch the show. First of all, you're a fantastic host. You have, you have the right personality that keeps me engaged because you care, you know, because this, this could be an interesting show for a host because they can come across negative because you're dealing with people who really aren't good at what they do and you're trying to motivate them to be uh, pull what little talent they may have and put it and let's put it on display in the kitchen. What makes you enjoy this show so much, Ann? Well, I have to say, I really do. Um, I feel like every season when I start afresh, um, mm -hmm. it, it's like I, I start over and I take the journey with these people and to see where they start and to see where they end up um, makes it all worthwhile. And to know that these people come into boot camp really pretty disastrously. And then, you know, whether they stay a little time or a long time, they somehow leave better cooks and they take it home to their families and they cook with their families and it really does change lives. And I take that um, as a responsibility. So I do everything I can to bend over backwards to really teach these people. And these people this season, you know, um, let me, let me explain. They have more Southern accents on this season than in the history <laughs> of the show. Everybody has an accent on this show. And, uh, yes. and every, am I, am I, am I wrong in saying that? No, you are absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I'm from Houston, Texas, and I know a Southern draw when I hear, and it's dominating the show. But that's a good thing. I'm not saying nothing negative, but that means the character of characters that you have to deal with on this show. And but when they couldn't open a can, didn't know how to use a can open. I really had to take a back seat to that. It, does it really get that bad? I, old skill. I, it it really goes down to that. Uh, base of a level that we have to teach people how to open cans. And I mean, uh, Joey, uh, the guy that couldn't open the can on last night's episode, uh, was the sweetest guy, but he really was can opening challenged. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but you know, it wasn't just him. It was my girl too. She didn't no. know either now. Oh, Michaela. Right. I mean, um, and it just, it, one of my favorite things every season, I mean, Carla's reactions are so fantastic, but yes, every co-host that I have, um, really does have some form of that reaction, uh, in some way or another to the recruits. And they look at me and they're like, Oh my gosh, how do you do this season <laughs> after season? <laughs> and I'm like, to me, I just find it so sort of delightfully endearing. Um, and then I finish it up with an eye roll. <laughs> right. The, 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 the fun part, that's what I'm saying. This is, um, you being a host, it takes a certain personality because they're trying and there's no gimmick here. They're, they, they actually can't cook. And then it, finally they're thrown into a competition and that's really, they, their flaws are even magnified in a competition. And so when you're looking at talent, like, for instance, Joey, who we just mentioned, was on a, a recent episode, and he got he was voted off. He was cutting himself every episode. I think he had a Band-Aid on almost every single finger. 
And I loved his statement saying that, like, yeah, I've gotten to know all the medics. And then he <laughs> named them all. Um, I just, he, <laughs> that was delightful. That was hilarious. But there's prize money involved here, $25,000. Yes, a big prize money for whoever wins. And then it's also sort of eternal bragging rights between myself and my co-host. Right. Who is Carla this year, and um, and it's it's between us to see who is the better teacher, right? So it's like we are really striving to have our our recruits improve too, because that's just a little funny competition between uh, the two of us, right? Now, but I'm gonna just tell you, twenty five thousand dollars for people who cannot cook, that's a nice hunk of money. You learn how to cook, yeah. And you walk away with twenty five thousand dollars. Now, have, maybe I'm wrong here. Have you guys did a? Have you brought back any past champions yet? And did a best of best of worst cooks championship series yet? We have not yet, but I um, I think that might be uh, something to I'm consider. And I, I've pitched it to the Food Network before. I think it might be something that they might uh, take under advisement. Because because I'd I would like to love see... to see that because I would love to pick up with these people where we left mm-hmm. off. You know, right. like we only get um, a few short weeks with them, mm-hmm. and I feel like we just get to scratch the surface of where they can go on their culinary journey. Or they may have fa- fallen off, and that's another part of the show too. It's... Because. That is true. A lot of people after worst cooks don't really carry on cooking in the kitchen. A lot of them do, but um, Mm -hmm. a fair amount of them don't. And uh, and so let me just ask you this question. And you come on my show. We talk about you know I'm a big fan of yours and the show, which you can see every Sunday night on uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Food Network. Why do you think people like me enjoy watching the show? Well, I think that there's a few levels that on on which people like worse cooks. I mean, uh, people look at other people making mistakes that they're like, oh, gosh, Um, I feel like maybe I just learned something from watching someone else make a mistake or they think, oh, geez, I'm not that bad. So it makes them feel a little better about themselves. But then there's also the educational part where people actually learn something. And I mean, at the beginning and the end of the day, it's to me, it's a very sweet show that there's a lot of layers in it. You know, people come into boot camp, we start laughing at I would say with them because they know they're bad. So we're not really laughing at them so much, um, but they are funny. And, um, and then you see the, the progress that they make by getting better. And that to me makes me feel like a proud mama every single time. But I think that, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of humor in the show, but there's also a lot of learning and a lot of good feelings. This one of the reasons I like the show is that when you guys are explaining what they have to make, and, you know, you're explaining from such a, a common sense, basic level that I've been able to cook some things myself by watching you and the competing chef that's on the show, of the, of the show, because that's really cool that, you know, because you, it's such a, sometimes cooking can be so, um, 
so daunting because it seems like if you open a recipe book and a teaspoon of this and a cup of this and all this and you got to be set at this certain amount of temperature you can't over over overcook certain things or you or it becomes a gluten it's so many things you can do wrong but when i watch you guys do that segments that this, they write down their little notes so they can go in the kitchen and mess up or deliver what you request. That part of the show really right there, I find really informative to me. And I really get a big kick out of it because some things y'all tell me, I would never have done it that way because I would never saw it that way. But by seeing it being broken down to the basic levels, it really helps me as a cook. I agree. And that's why I teach the way I do. I mean, I remember when I was in culinary school, learning um, new things. And I learn so much better by actually watching and doing than just by someone talking to me or reading it in a book. And when someone's uh, explaining things to you and they can explain the whys, the why you do things and that kind of stuff, um, it kind of connects the dots and makes so much more sense. And it's also sometimes when you're reading recipes and you don't know what certain cooking terms mean, then that adds another layer of difficulty. And that's what I'm saying that, that is so nice because if I'm watching and I'm talking to Amber Rell, she's the, the fantastic host of, uh, you know, worst cooks in America that you see on Food Network on uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. The thing I really enjoy is that it's, especially during the pandemic time, you know, because we were all trapped in our home and we still are trapped in our homes. I apologize. And being able to, and so a lot of uh, home cooked meals and people going to the grocery store shopping and buying things so they can cook at home and feel safe. That has really been uh, a blessing watching your show and, your, you know, pay-per-view. I can go, I can go back into in demand and watch your past show. That's what my daughter does. So it's really, <laughs> is, it really is fun watching it. Have you seen that play out Are you on your social media people being engaged because of the fact that you're providing them while they're trapped in their homes or on a mundane life because of COVID-19? Oh, absolutely. Very much so. And the nice thing I have to say, you know, we're always looking for silver linings during the pandemic time. And um, I've been reached out to by so many former recruits uh, Mm -hmm. that say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for everything I learned because I'm cooking all the time now Mm -hmm. and now I can cook. Uh, during the pandemic. And this has been a lifesaver. So, I mean, I just, it warms my heart. It makes me so happy. Well, it makes me happy. And I'm and like I said, the new season of Worst Cooks in America, every Sunday at 9 p.m. on the Food Network, I'm talking to the host, Ann Burrell. First prize is $25,000. Sunday finale, February 28th, to the two most improved recruits. Put all their newly learned culinary skills to the test to press an panel of food experts. And again, I always thank you for coming on my show. I, I hope you have a good time because like, I have a good time watching you on TV. Uh, Well, it's always so nice to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Be safe now in these COVID times, and we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you very much. You too, my friend. Thank you. Stay safe, you too. Absolutely. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, 
Whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to midnight mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Or treat them to everyone's favorite activewear from top brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide committed to the health and well-being of our communities. No matter how you celebrate, when you shop at Kohl's, you're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. Whether your event needed one room or an entire conference center, Hopin has revolutionized the way people come together. With Hopin, you can host a fully-fledged digital meetup complete with one-on-one meetings, hands-on sessions, and expo booths. And because everything is hosted in a single, easy-to-use platform, it can be as big or small as you want, remain convenient for anyone who wants to attend, and give you access to data you never would have known otherwise. Visit Hopin.com to learn more and get started. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? Start the new year with otter.ai to generate automatic notes for meetings, interviews, or lectures. With otter.ai, you can search the meeting notes, insert images, play back the audio, and share them with your friends or coworkers. You can capture action items, remember meeting details, and keep everyone informed. Otter.ai works for in-person or virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up for free at otter.ai or download the app for free. Otter.ai, that's O. My next guest is truly a dreamer. She's a person I met several years ago on air, and I call her the meatball queen. And in fact, you know, you know I, I, I said like that because I've always interviewed her via podcast. It's the first time I've seen her, and to call Donatella Apeya a meatball queen doesn't fit. It doesn't She's a famous meatball queen. It's true. I want meatball madness, but thank you. Thank you. It's nice to see you in person as well. Absolutely. You know, uh, Miss Apeya, we have a lot of money-making conversations to talk about on this show because in 2016, you know, the debate of the quick service Prova Pizza Bar, which I've been to twice, by the way. And the very first time I interviewed you, I went there and had an amazing time. I took two friends. I got photos and all that stuff. But you're going to probably expand on that. And you have another Prova Pizza Bar at Moxie, New York City, no, in NYC Times Square Hotel. And so now we're going to talk about you being a regular co-host. I see you on TV all the time. And it's amazing what you're doing with your life, your collection at Frontgate. So it's a business show that we're talking about. We're going to talk about all the brands of what she offers Please welcome to Money Making Conversation for the third time, the third time, Donatella Apeya. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. What Donatella, an introduction. Well, Donatella, I, I, you know, I, you know, you know, I'm from Houston, Texas, and you know, I got this Southern accent, and I, I try my best to spin the, rotate those words and those curve, those L's and those A's, and and I hope I'm doing a good job with your name, Donatella. You're pretty good, Donatella Arpaio. See, see, there she goes. See, stop. Stop. You're just messing over me. Just stop. Let's talk about you. You know, you, you, we know, yes. we know, first of all, you look yes. fantastic. So, you look, you look um, fantastic. First of all, thank you for going to my restaurant. And yes, a few years ago, I launched Prova Pizza Bar mm-hmm. in Grand Central Terminal mm-hmm. in, um, in the Moxie Square, Times Square, and obviously doing fantastically well until COVID, which right now happens to be the heart of uh, the pandemic in those two locations. So Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to see how we're adapting, but we're still um, 
fighting the fight and, and looking at other locations because um, even though I think the hospitality industry as a whole has completely changed mm -hmm. because of COVID, there's also tremendous opportunities. So you have to be resilient, you have to adapt, and you gotta you gotta fight the fight every day. Well, there's an interesting thing about it. Let's talk about you know where I went uh, first because we're gonna talk about a lot of your other enterprises you have available at the pizza bar, which is casual dining, correct? Yes. Okay. I wanted to be like what you know, Shake Shack was the answer to Burger King. Mm -hmm. I felt like there is a need for artisanal pizza. I have a very unique pizza and with all natural ingredients and the pizza has a long rise and it's highly digestible, high water content. I am from Naples, my mm -hmm. father's birthplace and I studied in Naples and I'm really using fresh quality ingredients because you know, you get what you pay for and a lot of the pizza chains out there, you know, you, you can get pizza for, you know, $5, but a lot of times it's not really pizza and it's not really cheese. And, and so we really, I'm, I'm committed to the best ingredients, the best meatballs, of course, because I right. am the meatball queen. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the goal. And it really was a huge success. Um, mm -hmm. And to launch in places like Grand Central and Times Square is where you want to launch brands. And I'm going to tell you, I, always busy whenever i went always packed the service was always fantastic because the reason i say that is that because grand central is a touristy you know a lot of people come through their yes. fast trap and so sometimes you get whatever type of service i'm gonna tell you something the two times i went there i never told them i knew you i went i always like to do that i, I don't come in there trying to get anything free it's or neat. cut me a deal and I, because i really want the experience and i enjoyed it i took photos and and all that and i posted it on my social media and i said well you know that was one time i went through there let me go back through there again because new york city is my favorite city so i always i brought a couple of more friends so i brought one the first time she was female and i brought two of my buddies you know guys you know bringing some rough people into your place and they all love the pizza because Hamburgers and pizza and, and, and is my two favorite things. And so your pizza, you are right about the dough. The dough is different and it and it and it and it was very fresh and it was uh it was amazing. And so but when you talk about service, you talk about quality, now you're talking about I hear you the word dominoes, I hear you the word shake shack. That means you're trying to take your brand in a national platform, which means that quality control is very important. How do you maintain that? Yes, quality control and consistency is everything. Um, you know, I've been in the restaurant business for 20 years and I came from fine dining. So thank you for the compliment on service because I do feel that even if you have casual, service is important. And more than ever, I think we lack the personal touch. And right. when you get good service and you get an actual smile from someone, mm -hmm. people remember. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. And Grand Central is very touristic, but it also has a lot of consistent people. So we have a lot of regulars. The bar mm -hmm. there is like cheers at night. Right, right, right. So, uh, but quality control is everything. It's about systems, a lot of paperwork, protocol, consistency. Um, you know, you have to really build consistency. It's all about consistency when you grow. So hopefully as I expand to other cities, if you get my meatballs in Texas, maybe I'll come to Texas. It will be the same as New York. That's the goal. Okay. And I think the most important thing is to not expand too quickly, but not too slowly either. So if you have a good team, you mm -hmm. reward them well, set up incentives mm -hmm. and, and, you know, 
keep things consistent all the well, time and stay well, true to your brand. Well, you know, the reality is we are in COVID and this talks about pivoting. Yes. And you, like I said, you landed in great locations because there was heavy traffic, natural heavy traffic. Yes. Then you hear COVID hits, starts limiting people travel, starts limiting, especially on transportation, especially on tourist area. That's where the Times Square is really touristy because people come down there. And then transportation wise, the Grand Central Station was perfect location. How did you pivot yes. in those two locations? I'm sorry? How did you pivot in those two locations with traffic being di- uh, diminished in those two locations in Times Square as well as Grand Central? Yeah, it's been very difficult. I mean, we have to, you know, we're just talking with the landlords about renegotiating rents right now. Mm-hmm. A delivery is also an option. But to be honest, New York City is a tale of many cities mm-hmm. right now. So you know, on the Upper East Side and Lower East Side, the residential areas, the restaurants are doing well. Mm-hmm. But Midtown right now is a bit of a ghost town. So right. it's it's very difficult. The idea is just to stay consistent and to work with landlords and do the best we can right now and ride this out. I hope. Let's hope. There's only so many things. I'm usually the type of person I think most restaurateurs and entrepreneurs are that we always find a way. I, COVID is something, you know, it's a once in a century pandemic. And the way it's impacted New York, especially Midtown, has been quite devastating because you have all the people in the offices still not coming to work. They're right. working remotely and tourists obviously are not there. So you're starting to get weekenders slowly. I'm starting to see the light right. a little bit. Well, I, So I, that's... That's well, been a little. Um, that's been a little difficult. Well, the beauty but, of uh, you know, we keep. I've been through worse things before, and um, the product is excellent, and we're consistent, and we're gonna we're gonna keep at it. Well, you know, you're still doing TV, and uh, that's part. Oh well, of- that's that's been a huge opportunity. So interestingly enough, during COVID, everyone's talked about food yes. and medicine, and I'm married to a world-renowned heart surgeon, and mm-hmm. in February now. upcoming is heart health month. So everyone was constantly interested in how to cook at home because for the first time people had to cook at home, right? You couldn't go out to eat. You couldn't get takeout. And you know, I'm a working mother too, even though I'm a chef, I'm zooming into wonderful shows like you and I still have to get dinner on the table. So other beautiful opportunities came about, which is I've become uh, the brand ambassador to Philips air fryer and their home whole home kitchen appliances network where I'm creating recipes for them and and uh, for the busy mom who's working or staying at home or doing remote learning it's been trying but through that many opportunities have occurred so this has been a very exciting new partnership that I have with Phillips. Donatella you're telling me that you're the brand ambassador for Phillips air fryer? Yes. Do you know See, I'm, I'm, I'm so mad at you. I bought one in September for my house and didn't even know that. When did you become the brand ambassador? It just, <laughs> it just happened. So I'm going to, well, you know what? I'm going to have to send you their other products. What do you have, an air fryer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, have my air God. Fryer. The air fryer is the best. And, you know, for me, it's very important how you attach yourself to a brand. I just started using the Philips air fryer at home. And it came authentically um, and I became obsessed with the product 
And yes, so I'm going to create a whole website of content and there'll be giveaways and recipe. Oh, you're going to be part of my next competition. Well, I also have a pasta maker. Maybe I'll send you one if you're a good boy. I'm going to tell you something. You know, the pasta, that's a little work, though. I'm going to just tell you. I'm telling you. It's no work. Five minutes. You put it in and the pasta comes out. You kidding me. I'm saying you because I got the. We're going to have a cooking show next time. I'm going to tell you something. The pasta, because I got the little thing you put on in front of the. I got the the kitchen aid to make the pasta. I got the. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm gonna tell you something. That's why why I throw my hands up. I am not doing that. But if you tell me that I can do something with pasta, because I love pasta and it's easy. You got me. You got me. Okay, you got me. I'm going to send it to you. Yes, that's you can do I, it in five minutes. I'm but, telling you. And then I want you to make a recipe for me and, and post it on social media. You know I do that. I, I, you, that's that's easy. Now, now now that I know that you part of Phillips, I got to show people, take photos with me and the photo of you. This is my girl. <laughs> this is my girl right here, Phillips. Because I got the Afro, because I, I bought a building and I got another Air Fryer here in my new building I bought in Atlanta and for my oh new studio. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to send you another one then. They're the best. I'm no, they, they're you. the best. And so, and so now, now, but let's talk about this uh, pasta maker because like I said, I, I got all the little adapters for my KitchenAid. I swear to you, don't tell her, I do not use it. I used it one time in Chicago when I bought it in 2015. 2015, that's when I bought it. I, I got wise, I saw it, I went there, I said, I'm not going to do this ever again. So yeah, I, it, well, that's the whole thing about um, Philips and why I'm attracted to them. And I'm not just the brand ambassador, I'm creating tutorials because, you know, today everyone when they get whatever equipment you get, mm-hmm. it's no use unless you take it out of the box. Yes. And so I'm gonna have video tutorials to make it easy, but I'm telling you, you put flour, water, and egg, you dump it in and pasta shoots out in five minutes. It's that easy. And so I'm gonna have a lot of videos, a lot of tutorials. It's very exciting stuff. Okay. Very exciting This, this is just between me. I'm just telling you, I'm announcing something to you because a lot, a lot of people don't know this, Donatella. I am. I'm going to launch my own Rushan's Kitchen. It's going to be local in the Georgia area by two million oh households. Gosh. And I love it. I, at the top of the show, I always either bake something or cook something. At the top of my show, it'll launch in April. I want to do. If you say it's that easy, if you say it's that easy, I want you. to do it on your on my show. I, that's the first recipe I want to do on my show. If you say right, because you. because I'm telling you is that I, I I if you was on this show I would get, I would bring this box and set it right on this desk right here and show you. I've only opened this box one time and when I used it I put it right back in this box. That is the last time I've ever attempted to make pasta ever. Yes. Well, and, and you know what? The good thing about this. You know, during COVID, like I said, my husband, Dr. Alan Stewart, he's a world-renowned heart surgeon, and we have to, I love food, so I'm not going to be puritanical here, but Mm -hmm. we have to be healthy, and I love pasta. But with this pasta maker, you can make keto pasta, you can make high-protein pasta, so you don't even have to feel as guilty. And obviously, the air fryer, too, you're cooking with less fat. So I'm trying to come up with a lot of recipes that still are delicious, but you know, are nicer on your waistline because, as you know, I had twins a few years ago, and and I was a little bit older. So mm-hmm. you know, getting the weight off took a while, and mm-hmm. health, and and health, and being an entrepreneur, and how you feel is very, very important for that equation too. Right. So okay, now yes. let's talk about now. You still have your uh, lifestyle brand at Frontgate. 
Yeah, I do. I have a lot of products there. And I'm also the brand ambassador for Galbani Professional, which is the number one cheese of Italy. And that happened because I did a blind tasting for cheese at my restaurant, Prova. And so I do wonderful work with them and the restaurant industry. And I really promote because they are, to me, the best cheese in the industry. And I create a lot of delicious recipes there, too. And do you like dessert? I'm so. What's your weakness? What's my your weakness is dessert. But I'm going to tell you something, Don Taylor. Here's the funny thing about it Front Gate is my favorite store. Okay. All my outdoor furniture in my home in, in Houston and in uh, uh, Atlanta is Front Gate. And so I'm trying it's to figure the best, out. The best, the highest quality. I'm trying I to figure actually, out. If I turn my camera, you could see my outside too. Yeah, the absolutely. Best quality, that, the best customer the, service. The, the little, the little and, branding. Um, yeah, I can't wait to start working with them again and creating a new collection. Okay, cool. Because you got to tell me because I do want to buy some more things because I got an outdoor fireplace area that I want to. Oh, I yes. want to upgrade the furniture there. So let me know what's because I do buy from Front Gate. That's why it's so funny. I bought I bought Phillips. Didn't know you was part of that brand. I bought all my outdoor furniture from Front Gate. Didn't know you had an entertaining collection at Front Gate. <laughs> And so, and a Garbani professional cheese. I love that cheese. So I'm trying to figure out. I'm going to send you some cheese, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure in out. first and, cooking segment. And I'm, I'm just going to let you know this. This is the funny point. Because I don't want to like, I don't try to blow smoke at people. I don't try to act like I do these things. This is my life, you know. And the fact that you're doing all these things. And I'm a fan or a purchaser of all these products is a testament that either I'm really living the right life or I'm heading in the right direction. We're going to bump heads somewhere. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe I'll come visit you in Georgia sometime when all this craziness ends and we'll cook together. That Absolutely. would be I, I, so you, you, you In my office, when I bought the building, it has a full kitchen in it. It has an oven. It has my, it. my staff. Like, for instance, I have some people coming in from another office. We're going to cook some red beans and rice. I'm going to have some cornbread, macaroni and cheese. I'm going to bake some chicken. I'm going to have two cheesecakes. So you asked a question. I got to answer because everybody knows I'm a dessert nut. I have 80 recipes I have on the app. So what desserts were you talking about, Miss Apella? What desserts are, are you trying to? What kind of desserts are you trying to get into my are life? Are you a chocolate person or like tell me? Tell okay, me. my me wife hint. loves chocolate. She loves chocolate. So so Okay, so for Valentine's Day, I'm gonna send you my recipe. It literally takes Seven minutes for the molten chocolate lava cake in the air fryer. It comes out perfectly in the Phillips air fryer. I just made it. I'm going to post it on my social media site, Donatella Arpaia. You got to follow me on Instagram. And I'm telling you, you're going to have chocolate lava cake, and it is so good. So it's all about getting good quality chocolate. And in seven minutes, you can have chocolate lava cake. You're making me, you're making me happy mad. Happy mad. Happy mad is meaning that all these things I've walked away because it's been so difficult. Now you telling me, Rishon, come back to the dark side. Come back over here. Come back over here. Come over here to the DA. DA got something for you. We got some easy pasta. We got some easy chocolate desserts for you to make. I'm going to post it on my social media, tell the world. And then, what are we going to do? You know, I think uh, I knew... 
it's so good to finally see you because I knew when I spoke to you that you were a food person, that you love food. <laughs> yes, it's yes, just the yes, way yes. you speak about food. Yes, you know, yes. I get interviewed a lot and you can tell that the hosts that are into food and that are not into food. Okay. I think people that are into food have an extra passion for life, which is the key to success with anything. It shows, it's authentic, yes. just like your show. You yes. love what you do. And yes. I thank you for being a guest again today because... You just are, you know, infectious the way you interview. So I really thank you. And, I, and I'm so glad that you went to Prova and you loved the food. And I am a meatball queen. I'm very proud of it. Very proud of it. I won Meatball Madness two years in a row. And now I'm coming up with some meatball air fryer recipes to cut on the fat so we can save room for a little dessert so that we can stay heart healthy. So it's good. It's good. Life is... You know what? It's been a, a trying year, but it's true. That which does not kill you makes you stronger. And uh, I think I've come out of COVID stronger with exciting new uh, opportunities that would have never come up before with Phillips mm -hmm. and my continuing relationship with Galbani. And there are some pizza restaurants in the future expanding. I'm just... I'm just waiting a little bit right now until yes. this all calms down. But the vaccine's here, so hopefully... My husband seems to think that by the fall, things should normalize again. Well, so I, I hope so. Well, I, 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 I want to say, first of all, you're amazing. And for me, for and to call you the meatball queen and you're beautiful, that, you know, it really a struggle. I'm just going to struggle. But you, you won it twice. You deserve that title. Secondly, I'm going to tell your PR people to contact me. I'm going to send you a photo of my kitchen so you can see. Because, see, what I want you to understand, DA, is that, I'm the real deal. When I come to food, I I will I, I get up at four o'clock. I probably get them off at six. My staff will come in. They have muffins waiting on. They have some cornbread Aww. waiting on. I've I've, I've done uh, taco salads for them. I've done uh, barbecue settings for them. I enjoy. That's the part that relaxes me. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Yes. And that is negative. I just enjoy life. And that's part of the, you know, God gave me that gift. And I can do things and I can share. And so I'm just telling you is that I'm going to send you my address and uh, let you know. That oh, you better. I'm going to send you lots of Philip stuff and we're going to start cooking together. And, yeah, and, I will and post. hopefully you'll see all the exciting things that I'm doing with Philips this year. We really are. are it's, it's an exciting relationship that we started. And, uh, you know, what's interesting, the number one um, Google search mm -hmm. that occurred with food when COVID happened was not what recipe, but how to cook. So I'm hoping, and I think you're the same way, that there is a return to cooking mm -hmm. because it's a way to show joy and love. You know, I'm first generation from Italian immigrants. That's mm -hmm. how my mother, God rest her soul, showed her love to me every day. And I don't know if you know this really quick. I used to be a lawyer for half, half a minute, yeah. but I left to follow my passion for food because I love to feed people and I love to bring people together. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end, that's what it's all about. And when you follow your passion, success follows. Well, I you know I remember that I read that uh, we talked about it the very first time when you left your career as a lawyer. I think at the age of twenty seven, I believe. Yes. And, uh, see, see, I remember. And I always because that's important because it was important for me because a lot of people don't follow their dreams because they fear the unknown. And yes. I, and I see the journey that you've been part of, and I'm really the reason I like my show is that. 
you know, I've, I've watched my relationships grow and I consider you one of those great relationships. And to see that you were a couple of unknown people. You came on my show, respected what I was trying to do and I promoted your brand. And to see now that you're being such a strong entrepreneur. And the funny part about it is that I'm already purchasing or participating at Front Gate. And I bought a Phillips already and got Bonnie. And you're going to you're gonna send me a recipe or some device on how oh, I can yes. make five minute uh or uh, pasta, which is crazy. And this recipe on how to do chocolate in seven minutes. I'm going to tell you, you have no, have no fear, Rashawn McDonald. The thing I want to do first is please tell your PR person to email me. I want to yes. let you see that Rashawn is very serious about his kitchen. I'm going to send you a photo of my kitchen in my photo. office. I want to see a photo. Yes. Uh, in my office. And you go, he's the truth. Because when you talk to me, I want you to know you're talking to the truth, not a hype man, not a man trying to make Donna feel good, trying to make her feel get inside. No, I'm the real deal. I love desserts. I love food. I like it is more people come on my show who are chefs than any talk show in the country. I have everybody on my show. I have Ann on my show. I have Rock on my show. I have Samuels on my show. I was talking to Schultz this earlier about my show. Every chef comes on my show because they know I love food. I have a passion to support the brand that you guys create. I know y'all got victimized by COVID-19. I'm going to help drag y'all out of that and let y'all know that you. your boy is there with you. More importantly, I'm a fan. You look fantastic, Meatball Queen, and don't stop. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rashawn. Thank you. Yeah, so I my PR people are listening in and there's going to, you send me that photo. Today. I'm going to send you all these beautiful products from Philips and we're going to get cooking. I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate you. We will be right back with more money-making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over $300 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald, host of Money Making Conversations. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads, the Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is James Lopez. He is the president of Will Packer Productions. As a producer, his films like Girls Trip, Night School, Think Like a Man, The Perfect Guy, and many more have grossed more than $800 million at the box office today. Box office numbers are great if you have a piece of ownership. When you got brothers like Tyler who own their films, and that's what we got to strive as people to work towards, right. is the ownership. 
The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men that have strength, their vision is assertive, and they are genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life will be different. So stop reading other people's success stories and really start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and also give you an opportunity to see how they were successful at what they did. But it's about what you're trying to do with your life how you plan it out, and what commit commitments that you make to your efforts. That's why I bring guests on my show just like my next guest, who is Tommy Duncan. He started his first healthcare company at 26 years of age. Then he sold it. Then he started Trusted Health Plan, a Medicaid-managed care company that insured 50,000 people between D.C. and Detroit. Then he sold that in January of 2020 to Blue Cross Blue Shield. A week later, he started JetDoc. JetDoc is a telehealth platform providing immediate virtual urgent care visits, plus access to 85% of the prescriptions at pharmacies across the country for either $20 per visit or $10 per month. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. He's ever selling and he's ever moving. My man, Tommy Duncan. <laughs> hey, Tommy. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, man. Well, well, Tommy, first of all, at a young age, let's let's talk about your your college background. Is is, is, it, is there college in your past history, or are you a guy who just a, has a strong entrepreneurial spirit? No, we know went to FAMU, Tallahassee. Okay, FAMU, HBCU. FAMU. You know, I, I knew that, but I wanted you to have a little bit more energy behind it, man. Because you know, you say FAMU, oh, you got the marching band. Come on, bands. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm FAMU all the way. Okay. Cause you kind of got the most kinda, underrated F, uh, HBCU. We right. always get second place to Howard, Morehouse. Right. right. But fam is the truth. Well, and know, I'll I, tell you something. Uh huh. You may meet a lot of successful attorneys. Right. Doctors that right. went to Howard. Right. And these other HBCUs, which I'm a big supporter of all of them. Right. But when you find entrepreneurs that are successful in business. Mm hmm. Fan views where they come from. Well, I can't argue with that. You know, I think that when you look at what has happened this year with the COVID-19, somehow people have discovered, I say people, the general market, the general public, the, 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 the donors have found HBCUs. Why do you think it has popped out like this? Why do you think the, the recognition for HBCUs being a, a critically acclaimed academic institution for African-Americans or people of color? I, you know, I'll be open with you, man. You know, in my travels in business, um, a lot of people go to majority schools and right. they find success. But in my experience, some of the most successful people went to HBCUs. Right. And that's just, I'm talking about those that are high up in corporate America that I come in contact with or those that are entrepreneurs. They went to the HBCU. Now, I talk a lot about FAM because that's where I went, but mm -hmm. whether it be Howard, Morehouse, uh, Hampton, mm -hmm. I mean, you name them. A lot of successful people come out of HBCUs. And you I think a lot of it is because mm -hmm. I just think there's a, a competitiveness amongst our people right. that in the HBCU environment just creates very successful, driven, gritty entrepreneurs and business people. And I think it also helped when you looked at the fact that uh, Kamala Harris, you know, uh, has been vice president elect 
is from HBCU Howard. I, I come from Houston, Texas, so I'm surrounded by HBCU schools. You know, Prairie View A&M, Texas Southern, Grambling Southern. You know, going mm-hmm. down the line, Dillard, going down, go up there. Jackson State is 12 HBCUs in the state of Alabama, which has the most yeah. HBCUs. Then North Carolina, I think, has the second most at 10. But they're, they're based in that southeast part of the country. What what invited you to come to an HBCU? What what attracted you, I should say, to go to an HBCU? So I went to a majority white high school. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to persuade my mother to let me go to the uh, the school in the city which were all my friends went and my girlfriends, Mm -hmm. but my mother won't let me do it. (laughs) So FAMU in 1997, which is the year before I graduated high school, Mm -hmm. had won the Princeton Review top 10 business schools in the country. Wow. And the president at the time was coming to the Midwestern cities, Detroit, Chicago, Mm -hmm. and really marketing FAMU as a place for for students to go to college. I found out about it, went to visit for homecoming. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went for homecoming once and didn't want to go back home. Come on now. That was uh, it. Homecoming. Now, home homecoming at a black school is homecoming. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. I took a Greyhound. I took a Greyhound bus. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us about, tell us about uh, FAMU's his. Well, first of all, FAMU's always been known for a marching band. FAMU's yeah. always been known for a successful football program. Okay, and now, mm-hmm. to my understanding, they're going to the SWAC. They're transferring their football program to the SWAC, which is even more incredible because you got Deion Sanders down there in the SWAC right. with Jackson State. So I, I look at the SWAC as becoming like a uh, an SEC version. Of HBC for the HBCU, a powerhouse where the top athletes are going to come and it's going to put them on the map. So that's why that's what FAMU is about to get into. But from but mm-hmm. way I hear you talk from jump, Rashawn, it's about the academics. It's about that's, right. that's what attracted you to. I went to homecoming, but the, but the top business school in 1997 being recognized that is really what really caught your eye, caught the eye of your mom. That's right. It was uh, the School of Business and Industry, which has been acclaimed as being one of the best business schools uh, in the country, agnostic to HBCU or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Dean Mobley created the program. And it just so happens that the year she retired is the year I graduated in 2003. Right. A lot of successful people came out of that program and still do. It's the School of Business and Industry. The program was so strong that every week we would have a CEO from a Fortune 500 company come and spend a full day with us. Wow. And I think that experience, and there's this program called professional development, which is all around the soft skills of leadership right. and confidence mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. because you can be an entrepreneur in corporate America. Right. Right. You don't mm-hmm. have to own your own business to be an entrepreneur. But all of those tenets and, and skill sets we learned through that program. And, and I think more than anything, it gave us confidence to be leaders and to speak our mind and mm-hmm. to uh, and have confidence in growing something. Well, you know, Tommy, you said something, because I always tell this to people. I always tell this about being entrepreneurs. I said, I said, a 40 hour week job really is the best training to be an entrepreneur. Because you can't accomplish the responsibilities of a 40-hour-week job, arriving to work on time, meeting your deadlines, being able to be accountable for the responsibilities that are given to you, and also walk, working outside of that 40-hour window, then you won't be an entrepreneur. 
that's basically what you were saying when you said, hey, you could be an entrepreneur working a 40-hour-a-week job because the same responsibilities mm-hmm. are built there if you want to become an entrepreneur. Am I, am I defining that correctly? That's exactly right. Exactly right. I, you know, it's funny. I, I started entrepreneurship young. I was actually at FAM. I started like a little uh, fried sandwich shop. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I was in the, uh, in the mall and I got into the airport. So mm-hmm. I was 22 years old. I had a little sandwich shop in Tallahassee <laughs> Airport. Right. Um, so and that's not easy, by the way, Tommy. That's not easy now. <laughs> no, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy at all. But I did that. And if I said this entrepreneurial kind of spirit, if you want to call it that, and my parents were entrepreneurs, so I, I had that in my, in my blood. Mm-hmm. But one of the best decisions I made is I started another, a small healthcare company that I sold, the one that you referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. Started when I was 26, sold when I was 27. But the company I sold to decided to buy my company for stock options and theirs. And so essentially became a job offer with equity associated. Mm-hmm. And that was my training ground. And when I went to work for them, it was a corporate, comp- corporate company, ended mm-hmm. up on the New York Stock Exchange, mm-hmm. um, called Accretive Health out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I learned how to operate at the highest level of skill set in corporate America at that moment in time. And it was from that training that I took that to my most latest company that I just sold to Blue Cross Blue Shield on how to operate at the highest level. Right, right. You know, what meant how to be analytical, how to, how to uh, in, the, in the world of big data, how to identify the data and metrics that actually move the needle, and then how to create operational rigor around it to make sure that we continue to improve our numbers across the board. And so when I sold my last company, Trusted, in our industry, the average Medicaid managed care company did 1% profit margin. Right. I was doing 10% profit margin. Wow. Wow. Smoking. Right. But I was smoking because of the skills I learned working for corporate America. So as you talk about the soft skills of showing up at work, you know, coming early, staying late, and all that kind of stuff, critically important. But then learning how to operate at the highest level. Because when you operate high, you have higher performance, and you should have higher profitability, and that's how you create value. And that's really what you're saying right now. You know, interesting thing when I'm talking to you, Tommy, is like, first of all, where did this start? Because like you say, it's in your DNA because you're both of your parents with entrepreneur. But when did it, when did that DNA get into your system? You know what I'm saying? When you went, wow, I can be I can be a self-made man. I can go out there and do what they do. Is it as important? Because they, they were like mentors to you. They were parents, but they also were like mentors to you as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think you aspire to what you're exposed to. Mm-hmm. And in my household and my parents, friends, there was a lot of entrepreneurship. So I always expected to own my own business. Matter of fact, when I was in, I'm like the average entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. When I was in middle school, I had a psychic hotline in eighth grade. <laughs> this is, remember back when when you would actually have magazines and you'd have all the little ads in the back of the magazine, right? Right. Like, remember Cleo, you know, right. call me now. Uh-huh. I had one, I was in eighth grade, you know, and so I had that. I went to FAMU, I had an ice cream truck because to my surprise, you go to Florida and there weren't many ice cream trucks. Right, right. So I had an ice cream truck and so I've done all kinds of things. So hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Tommy. The ice cream truck, yeah. you know, that's, that's the truck that come in the neighborhood, you know. Yeah. Stops traffic with kids now. Yes. Now talk about how you how you how you came about getting the ice cream truck and what was the whole concept for making money? Because like I said, it's all about profit margin with you. Because I understand anyway, that. So here's system. what happened. So I come to Florida and there aren't many ice ice cream trucks. Right. 
which when you're from Detroit and it snows nine months out of the year, right. you can't understand how a place that's always hot doesn't have ice cream trucks. Right. So, but I was a freshman in college. And so I converted, I had a, a truck. So I converted that to an ice cream truck and I would play Masterpiece Ice Cream Man. So a little more, a little, <laughs> little more adult ice cream truck than the average one for kids. Right, right, right. But then I learned you gotta have, you know, that hot ice to keep it cold and my right. stuff was melting. It right. become a disaster of a business. Right. <laughs> so how did we get to healthcare? So we went from ice cream, the little, yeah. the little, little, little sandwich shop in the um, airport, yeah. Tallahassee airport, the healthcare. What shifted yeah. you to that, that, uh, that, uh, that angle of business? Because my parents were in healthcare and mm -hmm. all those other businesses all failed miserably. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were disasters. But I grew up in healthcare, mm -hmm. and I just had confidence. I don't know, you know. I came home to help my, so I graduated from family in 2003, right, mm -hmm. with my MBA, mm -hmm. and I thought I was going to come home and take my family's business to the next level, right. And instead, I came home, and literally everything was on fire. Right. And within a year, everything went to bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the business went out of business. Mm -hmm. uh, the home I grew up in with the foreclosure, mm -hmm. you know, everything is repossessed. It was like a disaster of a, of a story, mm -hmm. um, which I think is hard for most black entrepreneurs and people is we're always starting over. Right. And I think we're starting over because there's a lack of true business guidance and mentorship, because even my parents who had a successful business through the 90s lost everything by the early 2000s. And but because I grew up in entrepreneurship, you know, and everything went under, I thought I had a confidence I'd go start my own company and right. kind of, you know, rebuild the family uh, business. Right. It didn't go exactly like that, but mm -hmm. it ended up getting there through its own pathway. Mm -hmm. Now, did you, did your parents participate in the, in the, my, in the structuring of the business yeah. on the board of your business? How are they how are, how are they tied to any of your business dealings today? You know, it's, it's interesting, man. So. My mother and stepfather were together through the 90s. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was always an entrepreneur who got my mother into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. She was a master in public health, so she just wanted to give people access to health care, but didn't really have the business experience. Right. So that relationship married them two together because he didn't finish high school, you know, or certainly didn't go to college, but he had the entrepreneurial uh, get up and go. My right. mother's um, education and the academic and background. She was a person, was mm -hmm. a good marriage. Um, but when they, so what happened in 2004, mm -hmm. so a year after I got out of school and everything completely went into the ground, mm -hmm. I was in the kitchen of the house that went to foreclosure and I was hugging my mother and stepfather. And I said, I'm gonna pull us through this. Mm -hmm. And my stepfather kind of went his own direction. You mm -hmm. know, I think he got real hot in the kitchen. He decided to, uh, to leave, mm -hmm. kind of abdicated the throne, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, so my mother and I, you know, I started mine and she helped me out. Mm -hmm. And then this business I just sold in DC, she was around to help me do it. So she's always been my secret weapon. Right. Right. You know, it's really because I, I, we all talk about support because somebody has to support you and somebody has to be there because, you know, you can't be the smartest person in the room. We know that. But you also have to have somebody that's smarter than you that you can trust. And right. also a been there, done that type personality and yeah. somebody that, you know, can you know? I guess you can respond to this, Tommy, because being a leader, the worst part about being a leader, you can't show weakness, and then you have to pick and choose who you show weakness to. 
because you're weakness to the to the wrong people, then they can take it as a sign of failure or a sign of doubt or lack of confidence. So what was that for you as a leader, a guy who's building companies, selling companies in a very uh, white world? Health healthcare is white. Let's be real about it. But it also impacts yep. the minority community strongly. And we're going to get to Jet Doc in a minute. But talk about that support system of being a leader and being able to, you know, build your brand, but also being able to have a place to relax, to take a breath, a deep breath, a place to pause. Yeah, um, you know, I agree with what you're saying. I think uh, when you're on the entrepreneurial side of business, you quickly learn that the most important thing you have to do is make payroll. Yes. And so there's always the pressures of making payroll that come around seem like, uh, you know, too quickly. But you can never show that you're sweating to make payroll because if you lose <laughs> that confidence in your people, then it's like the Titanic, you know, yeah. you're not going to have folks fully committed because they're looking for something that's more stable. Yes. Um, but that aside, I think you have to fake it till you make it. Yes. You know, I think you just got to keep pushing, keep showing face, keep having that, that faith that comes from within to keep going and, and have the confidence that you're going to make it no matter what. And just get up every day and go for it. Well, you, you know, see, it's like this. Mm -hmm. Listen, man, I'm in it. I'm in my third healthcare company, probably mm -hmm. my tenth business. I, I've had a thousand of them, <laughs> and I've had two successful companies in healthcare. Uh -huh. One I created, you know, sold it. The company I sold to went public and made a million three when I was thirty years old. Mm -hmm. Then I started this one from scratch, out of nothing, mm -hmm. and I just sold it for nine figures. Mm -hmm. um, six and a half years later. Mm -hmm. And I'm in another company, JetDoc, which is telehealth. So you see a doctor on his cell phone, mm -hmm. uh, 20 bucks for urgent care visits virtually. And, um, you know, you have access to pharmacies all across the country, 85% off your medications, mm -hmm. every CVS, Walgreens, Walmart, you name it. And I'm struggling right now. Mm -hmm. It's my third one. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to be easy. Right. But I'm back at it, mm -hmm. back in the mix, sweating every day, questioning why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. I don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. I got a team depending on me. So... You know, I think I'd be happy in you. And if you really have any, then you'll be doing it. If you really don't, then sooner or later you're going to give up the sticks. Right. But, you know, the thing about it, when one thinks about telehealth, you know, which is was being able to see, talk to a doctor, because we didn't think about that prior to COVID-19. COVID-19 has brought that to, okay, this is the way to go see your doctor now. I know at the end of the year, I had that option. Do you want to talk to your doctor via Zoom or do you want to come in? That's why I want to come in. You know, uh, I, I would not have said that in May now. Now, in December, I said I want to come in. I'm a lot more comfortable with the environment of how to take care of yourself going out in public in this new COVID world that we live in. Now, telehealth is, now, Jet Doctor explained to everybody, is a telehealth platform providing immediate virtual urgent care visit plus access to up to 85% of the prescriptions at pharmacies across the country, like you said, Walgreens, CVS, for either $20 per visit or $10 per visit. Now, in the minority community, that 20 and that 10, my man, is, 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 is uh, priceless. It's, uh, like they say, you know, how did that come about and who are what celebrities involved in? Are you using celebrities or brands to get your product recognition out there? Yeah. So this time last year, I was at the closing stages of selling Trusted. Mm -hmm. To Blue Cross Blue Shares, right? About a year before that, I wrote a book on healthcare policy. 
Mm -hmm. and three things that could be done to change the trajectory of the cost of healthcare system for this country going forward. Mm -hmm. And I met with the number one regulator for healthcare in this country and shared with him my book and the three policies. And he told me that it would take an act of legislation to implement the most important because it was enacted into the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. So that would be impossible or highly improbable. Mm -hmm. And so, but through the research of writing the book, and the fact that as a company, we were doing $200 million a year revenue. I paid over 1 million claims. Um, that the biggest cause of the rising cost of healthcare and the, the bad statistics of the quality of healthcare mm -hmm. is because of lack of convenient access to healthcare. Correct. And that's up and down the range of economic situations. So somebody who's lower income on Medicaid, all the way up to having concierge medicine for commercial insurance, mm -hmm. people wait too late to get diagnosed and to do something about their issue because it's inconvenient to go. Right. You go into the emergency room, no one wants to go to the emergency room. You gotta, to get a doctor appointment takes two, three weeks. Right. Um, the healthcare system is just a pain in the backside but through telehealth creates a, creates a lot more convenient access point. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna make it super convenient, mm -hmm. but then to get people to do it, I have to make it affordable. So I'm gonna do it as cheap as possible. Mm -hmm. So the average telehealth visit now is 80 bucks a visit. Ours is 20 bucks a visit. If you wanna do a, a monthly, you can pay 10 bucks a month for your entire family and your household to have access to telehealth those are doctor visits 24 seven and the pharmacy benefit is included where you get 85 off the cost of medication. Mm -hmm. That's less than 10, 10 bucks a month. Right. So my vision is make it create immense access because it makes it easier through using your cell phone. You mm -hmm. see a doctor one, two minutes mm -hmm. and then two, make it super affordable by mm -hmm. making it, you know, less than 10 bucks a month or 20 bucks a visit. And when I set out to do this, it's the pre COVID. Right. And at that moment in time, their projection was that 2020 would have 800,000 telehealth visits mm -hmm. and less than 4% of people knew what it was. A month later, COVID hit in March and now it's the hottest thing in healthcare technology. And instead of 800,000 telehealth visits in 2020, there have been over 1 billion in mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. So the space has gotten from when I started, it was a white space, meaning no one's doing it. I can mm -hmm. kind of just, mm -hmm. you know, paint on the canvas to being super competitive mm -hmm. and me having to figure out in this incredibly competitive market now, how do I stand out? How do I get eyeballs and attention to something? And the celebrity um, factor came to play. We launched in Florida and on the celebrity side, particularly from our community, Rick Ross stands out as someone who's from Miami, represents Florida in a major way. So we shot to his camp. He researched me to figure out who was behind it, mm -hmm. um, researched telehealth and decided he actually wanted to be a part of it as a real partner. And mm -hmm. so he and I um, became partners about six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And he's been a wonderful partner ever since. So Rick Ross is involved. Mm -hmm. We also uh, last week brought aboard Dr. Jackie from Married to Medicine, which is a show on Bravo Definitely of black her. women physicians out mm -hmm. of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So she's um, now on the team at JetDoc. 
And we're just uh, putting together momentum to get the word out. Now, here's the great thing. Now, the doctor visits, are you saying they're $20 and $10 or that's tied to the pharmacies? It's 20 bucks um, per visit, or if you pay 10 bucks a month, they're unlimited. Okay, cool. Now, because I'm just, I recently went to Emory and I have Humana and my doctor visit was like $40. And, and, and so I'm just letting everybody know an example of, uh, and believe me, I don't play $10 per month for Humana. Okay, let's right. go and be real about that. Okay, yeah. And so, so, and so, I'm playing at forty dollars on top of what I pay Humana. All right. So, with the rate that I'm paying, I should be getting it for free. And so, right. and so, you're saying ten dollars per month for twenty dollars per visit. That right there right. is a super deal. That's right. My my closing statement to you and Jet Doc and Tommy: How can Rashawn McDonald? My platform, money making conversations. I have ninety two thousand subscribers to my fan club list. I got all roughly a million social media followers. You know, how could I, how would you come to me? I'm not trying to be a partner in your brand. I developed this platform to be able to take entrepreneurs like you and make you, you're the stars. And, but also give you your platform. You say, Hey man, can you post this for me? Can you post this for me? Because I want to be an asset to you because that's why I believe that black entrepreneurship is the key to this country going to the next level. And we also need to understand that we have value. Sometimes we are undervalued because they want to show the negative side of being an African-American male or female. And so that's why I promote HBCUs the way I promote HBCUs. So how can, with Jet Doc being a strong telehealth, it's a very competitive field. It wasn't competitive, COVID hit. Now everybody wants to use it. So now how do you slice that line? How can Money Making Conversation help you? Well, what I want to do is uh, we'll offer We'll create a promo code mm-hmm. for money making conversations okay. um, where everyone who puts in your promo code, they'll get their first visit for free. Okay. Well, you know, I'll yeah. I, I tell you this. It ain't even about that. I, I would just be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not trying to look for a discount because you're trying to build a brand. I'm saying. No, but, but, no I appreciate that, Rush About. I'm also saying I want people to try it. Right. You know, and, and, and the thing for me is um, just being open with you. My last exit, mm-hmm. we did well. Yes. And and so I'm not in a rush to make money. Mm-hmm. I am self-financing it, which, you know, get uncomfortable at times. But <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. I'm not in a rush. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is get our people in the healthcare faster. Right. And the way to do it is make it super convenient and super affordable. So I just want people to try it. And, and I don't care what it costs, you know, mm-hmm. um, I like people to just try it to get used to it because like my aunt, she passed away last year, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. This is a real situation. I can mean, give you a thousand of these, mm-hmm. but this one, you'll, you know, you'll have empathy for it. So very sophisticated woman, an attorney for 40 years, um, uh, you know, ran every day, five miles a day. Right. You just catch her running around a Palmer park in Detroit. Super successful, stylish, fashionista, the best conversations, you know, wine connoisseur, just an amazing woman. And so she felt a pain in her back and she thought it was from running. So she ignored it for a few weeks. Right. Then after a few weeks, she decided maybe she just needed a massage, you know. Mm -hmm. So she got a massage. And then a few weeks later, it still didn't go away. So she finally called her doctor. And then a doctor said, yeah, maybe just take a rest, don't run, or do, you know, all your, your aerobics, mm-hmm. take off a couple of weeks. She did that, and the pain was still there. So she finally decided to go to the emergency room and come to find out after imaging was done, she was like a stage four. Wow. 
And then she died five months later mm-hmm. and was and was blessed to live five months. Mm-hmm. So would things have been different if she had went to the doctor the first time? Probably. Mm-hmm. Now, would she have went to the doctor instead of just doing a massage if she could just do a quick telehealth visit just to talk to a doctor? Probably. Right. And the doctor may have referred her to go see, go to emergency room mm-hmm. or go get some imaging done. Mm-hmm. And it would have been more convenient to then, you know, you got to go wait two weeks, get in front of a doctor, go in the waiting room, park the car, you know, mm-hmm. all the inconveniences of it versus just making it easy. And right. so it literally can save lives. Right. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this, Tommy. I'm a cancer survivor, thyroid cancer survivor. And I survived it by going to a doctor and, uh, and getting a blood test. And so I know what uh, what you're saying is truth, you know, and uh, it was funny because my my the, the doctor I do my annual visit with, he missed it. And in, in December, my dentist missed it because thyroid's up here. And so and, he, and so my blood, the person who I went to uh, do my blood exam, she said, can I just touch around your, your, your throat area? And she said, can I do a biopsy? And that's how if I did, if she didn't do that, I would have went another year. And so no telling what that year, that's what you're saying right there. That year, I might not be on the phone, right? I might not be doing this interview right now because cancer would have been ravaging my system for an additional 10 months. And I may have, like you said, uh, my neck is sore, maybe from lifting weights, or maybe I've just slept with a crook in my neck. That's why it's important to get these uh, these these opportunities. That's why I wanted to get you on the show to talk about Jet Doc. I know that Black people have cell phones and black people need to understand the value of the cell phone is not just making phone calls, taking pictures and texting. Mm-hmm. It's right. uh, financial literacy comes out of that phone and now healthcare can come out of that phone by the form of Jet Doc. And we need to understand that. And so my, 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 my commitment to you and Jet Doc is that I want to help promote it on my social media. I want to feature you on my motivational Mondays, talk about what you're doing as a brand and your commitment to lower healthcare and uh, $20 per visit, $10 per month through Jet Doc. And it's all about you, my man. You're HBCU grad. I'm proud to bring on this show and talk to. And uh, your commitment to just changing lives. Like I said, this is self-financially, self-sponsored financially by you. But we want to turn that around so it can all be good. Entrepreneurship, healthcare industry, Jet Doc. Thank you for coming on the show, Tommy. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. And I uh, look forward to being on your show again sometime. Man. Oh, you will. You will. Believe me, man. Yeah. One thing about me, man, I, I I wanted to bring on the show. I know it's a family show we put together, but this is the first of the year. And one time, I know thing about the first of the year, people tend to listen about their health. They tend to listen about their money because they put in those resolutions. So I want to use this as an inspiration to say Jet Doc, Jet Doc is a form of a resolution for your health care. And it's a reasonable form of, of, of resolution for your health care that you should use and sign up for a register. That's my mentality because I'm a marketer. And so. No, you're right. And so You're 100% right. Oh, they listen different in January than they listen in June. Okay. I know. You know what I'm saying? You can ask any lifetime fitness that. Right. And so so I know that they're having you on the show, getting this air, and then we're getting together, putting some stuff on our, my social media, putting some stuff in my newsletter, uh, having you back on the show a couple of times a year, different periods, yep. just to let everybody know the progress of Jet Doc, let them know it's still out there. Let's let's build that that that, that little that little crowd of fear. Let's start let's start put, creating a scene, a Jet Doc scene for you, man, and let's keep winning, brother. Now, I, I want again, I want to take you, thank you for. I know you're busy uh down in florida fort lauderdale uh thank you for coming on the show and uh finding a place to sit down so we can talk (laughs) 
Hey, I made it happen. It took me a minute, but that's entrepreneurship. <laughs> I had to stick with it. Thank you. I appreciate you, Tommy. Thank you for coming on Monday Thank you, Conversation. Thank you. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. My next guest is Dante Simpson. He's the co-founder and CEO of EatSpat TV, a premium esports gaming contest agency, content agency and studio, seamlessly integrating audience into cultural conversations. EatSpat TV is a collaboration made up of the world's most recognizable production studios led by Ridley Scott Creative Group and PRG. He he also oversees the rapid growth and expansion of the organization, as well as provide consult consultation to the company's global perspective. His work spans global gaming interests, branded entities, high-profile influencers, I hope that's me, both on content, technical, production, and campaign matters. Please welcome the money-making conversation, Mr. East Bat TV himself, Dante Simpson. Hey, Dante. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Wow, that sounded like a lot. Maybe sound a little special there. I, I started to well, watch. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. So you, when, Thank you, my friend. You're Dante. When you get to Ridley Scott, you kind of slow down right there. You know, you kind of slow down <laughs> when you get to Ridley Scott. I'm just gonna let you know that. Now, slow down on Ridley Scott because people need to know your relationships from a production standpoint and also from a creative creative standpoint. Before we get to Ridley Scott, tell everybody what Eastpad is. Sure. Eastpad um, is combined of two different businesses. We have a licensed side of business. I want you to think of Getty Images. We license out photos. So if, if you watch somebody, if you watch LeBron do an amazing dunk, for example, for the Lakers, and somebody captures that photo and you see it in Sports Illustrated or on ESPN, that's something that, for example, Getty or Associated Press might right. do. We do that exact same thing in the video game industry. So we are the only of our type that concentrates on licensed content on the licensed side of business. I have the pleasure of heading up TV. Um, so TV does more than just that transactional business. 
we are actually the home of the creative. Um, so premium content, I'll give you an example of what that means. And I'll just kind of toss out uh, something for you really quick. Right. Uh, we, we recently did the Free Fire advertisement um, internationally with Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, you know, we did the cyberpunk ad campaign with uh, Keanu Reeves. Some of these things that we consider to be premium assets, um, we are that space. So not only commercial, but content as well, uh, as well as social. Uh, so we, we partnered with the largest social platform, which is Movers and Shakers. So we tap into multiple verticals um, for the casual gamer, as well as for the hardcore gamer. And that is eSpat TV and the production work. Now, now, are you talking about the, the Keanu Reeves commercial that I'm seeing regular, running regular on TV right now? That would be it. Absolutely. That's for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, so we, we received the call. Uh, they wanted to tap into our creatives uh, right. for that campaign. And we were so happy to step in and assist with that. So, yes. That is I'm going to tell you something. Every time that commercial comes on, it catches my attention. Every time. Every time it comes that. on. That's why I knew what it was. Every time it comes on, it captures my attention. It's a great commercial. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we always say, and I mean, this, this can apply to any culture that you're attached to, the key to successful content, the key to successful commercials is actually tapping into folks who not only research the industries, but actually live in them. Um, and, and that's that's who we are. We, we, we are, we're gamers. Uh, we, we, we play the game and we tell the story of. So I'm glad to hear that. Thank you so much, Rashad. Well, you know, it's really interesting, uh, Dante, when you, I want to stay on Keanu Reeves because he's almost like had a career, especially with Matrix, you know, where he's almost yeah. played like he's been a video game. You know, he's almost been a person that there's always his, his career has been transitioning and building time. Not a series he has now where he's a he's an assassin. That's kind of like bending time yeah. and bending yeah. reality. And also he's constantly fighting like a video game, you know. So that's why yeah. that's what I'm saying is that he was a perfect choice because his brand, I think I have to say it's video game related from a standpoint of his yeah. career. Because if you watch any of his actions, it's always action packed. And so every time that commercial comes on, I go. I'm thinking it, you know, I'm listening and it holds me through the entire cycle of the commercial. And I, even though I know after it, I realize, oh, that's that commercial. It's still entertaining enough <laughs> to capture me to the end. So congratulations on that, man. Thank, thank you so much. And he's really built. I mean, we remember him when he started with Speed yes. uh, with Sandra Bullock. And yes. then, you know, you kind of follow his career through yes. Matrix mm -hmm. and, you know, just the cult following that that had with John Wicks and all of the, oh, the, the, uh, the episodes um, or series of... Uh, of that and you know that that was a cult film as well like you said his career has really transitioned uh to, to being the voice of you know the culture subculture from that perspective and like you said it's it's an ongoing video game and, absolutely and sure you know like say you know all three john wicks i've seen all three of them i'm a, okay. I, I don't know how at his age especially on the third one he's fighting that much because he's actually doing yeah. all of the yeah. fight scenes Okay, and so absolutely. I was, and, and plus, he just came out. He was also in that uh, last year. He was also in that uh, in the uh, Toy Story uh, movie where yes. he had a really, <laughs> really engaging character. So you're getting a guy that you know we have. You know, we we, we create these relationships, but I I don't think of anybody. You know, there's a lot of great people out there. Uh, Kevin Hart's out there. You know, you have a uh, uh, Rock yeah. Johnson's out there. But he is perfect for what y'all doing because he is an an action figure in that world of incredible interaction, engagement. He is actually, to me, he's one of these guys where you can actually take his movie series yeah. and make it into a video game. He's that guy for guy. So, so Spat TV has hit a home run with him. Now let's go over to another guy that captured my attention in the intro 
Ridley Scott. Talk to us about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, Ridley's amazing. Um, a, a lot of folks may know historically who Ridley is, uh, starting in 1977 with his film Aliens mm -hmm. um, and going straight through films that we love, like American Gangster with Denzel Washington mm -hmm. and, you know, The Martian and, and, and different things, you know, even going back now to the 80s with Thelma and Louise mm -hmm. and things that he's done, you know, folks can really have a passion to. And one of the things that caught my attention as we were building this collective was not only the work that he's done that's on the silver screen, that's, that really, in my opinion, has him on the Mount Rushmore of directors in Hollywood, but it's actually the stuff that we don't know. And I'm going to, you know, ask your audience, you know, if, if you guys are at a computer, you pull it up on your phone, please go to RidleyScott.com and familiarize with yourself with some of the stuff that he's done. As I spoke, speak to folks from my culture, you know, mm -hmm. people of, of, of color like myself, I say, listen, did you know that he was behind Beyonce and, you know, a, a, a lot of the work with Blackest King? Did you know that he's worked with Burner Boy? Did you know that he's worked with Childish Gambino? And people are like, oh, absolutely not. I never would imagine. And then they go and they start to see, you know, the work that he's done, you know, supporting Ava DuVernay and different people who come from a culture that is like mine right. that you would not necessarily associate Ridley with. So one of the things, and I know that we just came, you know, from talking about Keanu Reeves, I would apply that to Ridley as well. And that's somebody who may have started their, their career in a specific place, but is so multi-talented that they are transitional in other spaces that, quite frankly, many people aren't aware of. Um, and, and that's something that really caught my attention right. with him. And I, 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 I always tell, you know, their team, to me, they're the convergence of content, fandom, and creativity. And, and they do all of the above. And when you take a look at what they've done in the live performance space with Taylor Swift, and I could go on and on naming A-listers that they've worked with um, that we would never really associate or imagine Ridley Scott from the UK that's done these you know blockbuster films um, has actually been a part of, that's been supporting our culture for quite some time. So he was just such a natural fit um, as somebody that understood the world Mm -hmm. uh, with offices around the world mm -hmm. um, and truly speaking to different cultures as it parallels so nicely with gaming um, and obviously gaming being one of the one, one of what I consider the three universal languages. So, well, you know, uh, you know, like I said, his his career, you know, Gladiator, who was just one of those, it was one of those movies. Where I'm telling you, I can if Gladiator comes on, I'm watching the end. I don't care. Today. I would tell you, I don't care where I'm at. I'm gonna watch the end of Gladiator. It's, it's that type of work in Aliens too, which I consider the, 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 the um, as far as sci-fi movies for female leads taking mm -hmm. a dominant role. Aliens too, incredible. So he's always had a history of putting women out front and, and allowing yes. them to lead and be a dominant figure. You know, so many projects he's done with Denzel Washington. You know, yes, uh, Man on Fire. <sighs> Mm -hmm. Another movie. So you know, I got to watch the end of that movie. And so, <laughs> so with, with, with that type of work, are you, or were you, I'm not going to use this, but be honest, were you intimidated by the process of being in business with somebody like that? How did you take it from a, I got it, but then you sat back and go, wow, okay, I got to step my game up. I got to make sure all my T's are crossed, my I's are dotted. How did you take that whole positioning with your brand? I'll tell you the beauty of it. And this is what I, say to folks all the time, look to become very strong 
or a leader or an expert in your space. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you align properly with the right space, mm -hmm. the folks who may normally intimidate others mm -hmm. actually become very supportive, almost as a fan or support of what you do right. and deem you as an expert in spaces that they may not. And although you may be pitching them to be a part of what you're doing, subconsciously, they're actually pitching you to select them to be a part of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So there was an interesting dance that went on in the relationship where it was undoubtedly he has a brand to, um, you know, that, that is to be respected, but from his perspective is to be protected. Um, but at the same time, he understands the future right. of where content is going. I, I say to folks all the time, we may have grown up on Blockbuster, but our kids won't or our grandkids won't, you right. know, we may have grown up on, you know, uh, drive-in theaters, but, you know, that went away um, in, in, in a substantial way. Although there are some left, it still went away in a substantial way. Mm -hmm. Being able to understand the future and align with the future was something that he was savvy enough to identify and recognize. And it actually did not make it such a daunting conversation. Uh, they really were more so impressed with our knowledge of the space right. and our ability to identify and stay ahead of the curve. Okay. You know, the, the beauty of having brands come to you, name recognition brands, you know, we're talking household names in the industry yes. and also talent like Travis Scott, you know, yeah. out of Houston, Texas. Uh, explain the relationship with Fortnite and how that plays a major role in your brand, Eastbat TV. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I always feel like we're living through a pandemic. We're living through a time that hopefully um, as a society, we won't have to live through again. Right. Uh, but they always say during these challenging times, opportunities are born. And those who find success actually are able to pivot and align with those opportunities. So one of the brands that I say were actually, you know, we, we've always heard, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. One of the brands that, that I say, you know, during this time just so happened to be ready and it was so great how they aligned was Uber. If, if you were in California or if you were in New York or, or, or any, any other major, major cities around the country during the height of the pandemic, you may have noticed that there were no cars on the road. Right. Um, you know, so Uber as a business, I'm sure it took a tremendous hit. Mm -hmm. uh, but simultaneously, you had Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. and, and Uber Eats was mm -hmm. actually keeping a lot of restaurants in the restaurant industry in business. Mm -hmm. They yes, had a subset business that was actually able to skyrocket during a pivotal time when their core business may not have been able to. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, you asked me about Travis. We haven't seen tours in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll see what 2021 holds for us. But, you know, Travis was smart enough to identify, hey, you know, there is an opportunity for me to perform to my audience and their home they're captive as a captive audience. Let's identify a way to perform to that audience. Fortnite was the great way. There was another group that's done this tremendously and we'll give a shout out to Swiss Beats and, uh, and Timberland. They've done it amazingly with verses, um, especially the selection of talent that they've had in utilizing iTunes and, 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 and Instagram. We were able to do this with Fortnite. We were able to work that production we were able to actually be a part of the creation of that content that those who tuned in were able to see. So, you know, a lot of parents heard about it because their, their kids were addicted uh, to mm -hmm. that, you know, to that mm -hmm. 10 minutes of mm -hmm. content that was created. But we were able to optimize, um, and we call it an MTM. We were able to optimize a moment that matters. 
and translate that and transition it into another MTM, which is metrics that matter. 27 million people tuned into that. Wow. The news came out a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording um, that Travis made $20 million, you know, off of that performance and the purchases within that performance. So it, it created a blueprint for folks to identify, to, to, to appreciate the need um, and the opportunity within the gaming community. And since then, we've seen Little Nas X do the same thing with Roblox. Um, he got 33 million views. Uh, so we're starting to see a transition uh, when Live Nation is, is, is not doing tours, when AEG is not doing tours, that all of a sudden we've got a new player in the game. And that's the gaming community itself and their platforms because of the audiences that they hold. This is a platform that started with boxing, you know, the pay-per-view, the old school pay-per-view. And then Absolutely. UFC elevated the game. Now we're getting into the uh, entertainers from a, from a musical standpoint, understanding how they can do this. And we're not talking about driving theater numbers, you know, that was really popular. We're talking about 27 and 33 million. How does one make their money on it? Do they make it through subscriptions? Do they make it, make it for a, a per view rate? How was he able to make his money? The money took place in the purchases. So mm -hmm. a lot of folks don't understand that within the game, you can purchase what's called skins. So I'll give you an example of a skin purchase. He was selling Cactus Jack merch in a virtual space. So if you had a gun and you wanted your gun to be okay, wrapped. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. They're not even taking this home. They're not even taking it home. <laughs> it's, it's, they're not even taking it home. So, so, so you're buying his shirt within the virtual space and right. it's living on your avatar within the virtual space. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. And, and that was the beauty of the relationship and of the relationships between artists and the gaming industry, because now there's an opportunity that steps outside of the 360 relationship with the labels. And, you know, that's a whole different conversation that we'll save for another day of how the, the labels are monetizing off of folks more than they're monetizing off of themselves. Well, now you've got an opportunity to monetize off of yourself. And that's what this proved. So, you, you know, again, we, we, we do the math, right? We do the math around here. Um, if, if, if Travis would have would have sold out a stadium at 40,000 people, and if he would have done a tour of 100 stops at 40,000 people, he would have only been in front of 4 million people. Yes. He did 27 million in four days. And he's very tired, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and he's very tired. And there's flights and there's lodging. And he, he never left, you know what I mean? He, right, he never left right. the convenience of home. So, right. you know, when you're able to look at it from that perspective, and what that means to the artist and kind of the bandwidth that it opens for them to do other things. And we've seen what that led to. I mean, who took advantage of that, Rashawn? We, we ended up seeing that McDonald's took advantage of that right. during this time. Right. And next thing you knew, he had a, you know, he, he had a product on the a menu, uh, mm -hmm. on, on the menu, on, on the McDonald's menu mm -hmm. that opened up because he was hot during this time. He was relevant during this time. Mm -hmm. And why not capitalize during this time? Wow. So with that being said, we were talking about uh, the urban perspective, the cultural perspective, you know, you know, uh, uh, Nas and uh, Nas X and uh, and uh, Travis Scott, they're cultural phenomenons. You know, they, they yeah. carry a certain mark. Now you have a um, based in Atlanta, Georgia, called Community X, an esports yes. league that's uh, yes. geared towards HBCUs and also people of color. How did that relationship come about? <clears throat> I want and and and. and and I don't know the details of that entire relationship, but I'd like to talk about the top line of that relationship. Okay, First, cool. I want to 
send my greatest support out to Chris P. And I, I, I always like to, anytime I'm having a conversation about gaming and esports, mention some names along the way. So as we continue to talk, I'll mention some names because I think it's really important for the people of color that have stepped into this space where there's there's only very few, right. um, you know, just to kind of acknowledge them as, as, as I have an opportunity to talk about what we're doing. Right. Uh, but I, I think that it's, it, it, it's beautiful what Community X is doing um, with the HBCUs. Right. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, um, that they were able to tag in a brand like Twitch mm-hmm. to support what they're doing. Uh, creating tournament opportunities, creating spo- uh, scholarship opportunities for students creating financial beneficial opportunities for students and also not just stopping there, but working with HBCUs to build out their esports program. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I often say, you know, and I use lacrosse as an example. One of the greatest college lacrosse players is Jim Brown. And people mm-hmm. don't know that. He obviously went on and became one of the greatest running backs in NFL history, but mm-hmm. he was one of the greatest lacrosse players at, at University Syracuse. of Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, you know, we don't have a lot of, 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 of folks who, who play lacrosse. And a lot of that is because of just the economics of playing it. That mm-hmm. goes along with hockey and that goes along with other sports, just the economics. There is an economic factor around gaming. You've got to have high speed modems or else you're going to be slow and delayed in, in, in the game. You've got to have the equipment and so on and so forth. There are, you know, obstacles that exist. And to know that Twitch is willing to step in, support our, you know, you know, you know, kids of the future, uh, young men and women of the future is just a beautiful thing. And that's truly a commitment that I appreciate. So I always give a shout out to Community X and what they're doing um, and what they're building. This is a long term. This isn't a one year deal. Right. So this is a long term relationship that they formed here. And, and I definitely applaud what they're doing. Well, your background is music, fashion, sports. How does that uh, shape itself into what you're doing with over at Eatspat TV? Absolutely. I think that I've 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 tapped into um those elements of, and I, I, always, I always use the word culture, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that I've, I've learned from each one of them the identification of people, process, and performance. Um, and I think that those things are, are, are what's tapped in. I mean, I was a part of the Tom Ford era of Gucci. That's a legendary era. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a part of, you know, the, the, the moment that Sony BMG overtook Universal as the number one um, music house and business like those were legendary moments and as a business development guy and and, and, a, and a leader with both organizations it was great to be a part of building something right um and that is the part of this moment that's so intriguing is that we're building things that don't exist and i always say to folks look for the white space of opportunities something that doesn't exist or something that you believe that you can do better uh, but don't only identify it and don't only make a plan, but truly make those goals and outperform your own goals. And if you're able to do that, then there is endless opportunity for you in those spaces. And this was just a natural progression for me from music, from fashion. Uh, you might start to see, not start to see, this has already happened. Gucci has tied in with gaming. Louis Vuitton is tied in with gaming. Balenciaga has tied in with gaming. You're seeing fashion come in from a merchandise perspective and, and they're tapping in. You're seeing music come in and they're tapping in. Uh, so these opportunities are endless. And I just feel like my background, the convergence of everything that I've done um, is actually taking place right now in the gaming space. Well, right, well, right now it's incredible. And uh, you articulate uh, the whole subject matter strongly. Uh, 
So what what so with that being said, uh the future of what you're trying to do, the goals, you know, because of the fact that my mind's flying. You know, when you okay. when you throw out those numbers and we about to come out of COVID and twenty twenty one, there's a it's all about what's the new model? What is the new model? You know, who knows? Taylor Swift might be knocking on your door because mm-hmm. of the fact mm-hmm. that this seems so natural to what with these artists who have who understand their brands, these are brand centric people, and Correct. that's what that, that's what you're talking about. People who have a following that understand them and are engaged with their opportunities to be like that. Uh, do you seek out the talent, or the talent seeks you out? I I, I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. So I I think that we do have our eye on certain folks, mm-hmm. uh, but the future of what we're doing right now, and and I always like to use basketball as the example. Mm-hmm. Think of the different eras of the NBA. So think of the colorful basketball era is what I call it. That's the Dr. J era. Mm -hmm. So think of the Dr. J era. And then there was the rivalry era. I like to say that that's magic versus bird. Um, And then you throw in the Pistons in there as well. Mm -hmm. And then you have what's the current era. And that's the Michael Jordan era. Mm -hmm. The reason that I call it the Michael Jordan era is because he was the first to become his own ecosystem, his mm-hmm. own conglomerate. Mm-hmm. He was his own brand, and that brand transcended North America and mm-hmm. became a global brand. Right. That's where we are today with esports. Part of that is how do you not oh, how do you continue to engage the hardcore gamer, but also engage with the casual gamer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what our role is going to be in the community. So think of if you are an HBO fan and you watch Hard Knocks um, with, you know, the New York Giants or with the Atlanta Falcons on HBO and how they storytell. You see what Brian Gumbel does on HBO with Real Sport. Mm -hmm. So you watch Inside the NFL on Showtime. Mm -hmm. These are shows that actually are just shoulder programming that tell the story to create a higher engagement. Um, Floyd Mayweather did it great with uh, with his 24-7 series. Oh, I love that uh, series. I love those uh, series. Outstanding. Those, those Floyd Mayweather series, I love those, man. Yes. I really miss, those are really compelling, man. Those are really good storytelling. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's the future of this. Mm-hmm. How do you get the casual fan to become a fan of a specific team, a specific organization, a title, or a gamer? And that's what we're doing here is we're actually you know, telling the story for the casual while also telling the untold stories for the hardcore gamer. And that's the future of what we're going to be bringing here. Dante, keep me on your, in your Rolodex, man. Really, brother. I'm sure you, you, you are cutting edge of uh, some amazing information, um, beautiful stuff that, uh, that, you know, you're a head turner. And understand that that's a positive thing to say about somebody who walks in the room and goes, Dante, that's a head turner because Thank they you. want to talk to you. They want to communicate. They want to get inside a visionary. That's who you are. You're a visionary. Like you said, you you. know, I always tell people it wasn't luck uh, being at the right place at the right time when those the Gucci thing happened with Tom Ford, the Sony BMI thing happened. Now this is happening. Uh, I think that's what you do, sir. That's what you do. You're a game changer. Don't change. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We will be right back with more money making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. 
The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is Jeff Clanigan. Jeff is an award-winning producer and innovator in entertainment, a longtime business partner of Kevin Hart. He is the president of Pro Black Films, Laugh Out Loud, and Heartbeat Digital. Despite Jeff's busy schedule, he continues to pay it forward with his summer internship mentor program that he does every year. Okay, I've been doing this for probably the last five years. So I take five students every summer, and I, I put them through kind of like a boot camp at social media. So they, they're working on accounts. Um, they have to read books. They got to read articles. They got to do a presentation every week. So they, they, it's actually like a boot camp while they're working, and, and they're getting paid doing it. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who are genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. When I bring guests on my show, it's about their effort, their dreams. Some of them start right away. Some of them are set back. This dream for these two gentlemen on my call today started in 2010, and we're in the year 2020. My next two guests are Navar Grievous and Michael Piles. They are two HBCU grads and fraternity brothers. Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Inc. And I'm a mega man, but you know, I got love for 1911, who found it quickly while attending Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia in 2010. The company is a digital platform for wine, beer, and spirit delivery that operates out of Miami, Florida. And while and while expanding, they will be in Georgia in early 2021. QuickLick is the first Black-owned online alcohol marketplace and seeks to make ordering alcohol easy and convenient while being committed to growing a culture of drinking responsibly. That is always important. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Navar Grievous and Michael Piles. Piles, did I say your name right? You did. You did. Thank you so much. So glad okay, to be here. Sure. Good. Likewise, thanks for having us. Well, you know, Grievous, uh, you know, I had to work on that name. You know, that was a hard work <laughs> name. <laughs> so, uh, well, HBCU guys, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, 2010, okay, you guys w w were concerned about liquor delivery in 2010? Talk to me now. I'll start with yeah, you, Naval. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, quickly, we was conceptualized in 2011. It was right uh -huh. after. Michelle and I had graduated from uh, Clark Atlanta University, was at a social gathering, and everything mm -hmm. was going fine and well. Then the party started to die down because there was no more liquor available. And at the time, Michael, myself, nobody wanted to make the liquor delivery. And we just thought, what if we had a website that we can go on and have alcohol delivery, a phone number we can call where the liquor store could deliver alcohol to us. Uh, again, this is in 2011, before it's time. This is before uh, Uber East, DoorDash, mm -hmm. so it was a lot of legality back in 2011. So thus, the party, you know, died down and there was no solution. Uh, fast forward to 2018 is when it became legal for third party companies like ourselves quickly to mm -hmm. partner with alcohol stores or alcohol stores to make deliveries. Uh, and that's kind of when we started to hit the running. I live out here in Miami. We operate in headquarters in Miami Beach. We started off as just an alcohol delivery in 2018. But as we started to grow and as the business started to change, we started to partner with Rideshare's company. So now we're a full transparent online digital marketplace for beer, wine and spirits. Now, my okay. uh, you know, you know he, he he divvied all that information up. He he's a talking man. Now, now you <laughs> somebody come in and talk noise. Michael gonna come out of the back. <laughs> my Woo, man! Y'all down there with all those beautiful women. 
pause. Y'all picked the right city to kick off this business. Tell me, Mikhail. Tell me about starting in Miami down there. Because when I say beautiful women, you guys both know I am not lying. <laughs> listen, listen. You know the, the good thing is my eyes are working. So you, I can tell you, sir, you are not lying. However, <laughs> however, just as a caveat, I am married. You know, so you know, I, I look but don't touch. <laughs> um, starting in starting the business in Miami was uh, really not only just a blessing for us, but a no brainer business wise. Miami is a multicultural. Uh, megaplex when it comes to demographics and age groups and people from all different cultures and walks of life. So starting a business in a melting pot like Miami uh, proved to be very, very successful from us, not just from a sales and revenue standpoint, but from a standpoint of business analysis. A large part of what Quicklit does is try to make the world of adult beverages more convenient and accessible for our customers. So being able to work with Hispanic customers and black and brown customers and white customers as well, you know, all coming together in Miami has been um, a great success for us to get the business up and running and see how our product interacts with people from all different walks of life. And also international as well, because that's the beauty of starting in Miami. You know, you have that Brazilian base, that Cuban base, you know, it's like a, like you said, a melting pot, but also domestically as well as internationally. It's a great spot to go there. That's right. Now you said, Navarre, you were already down there. Yeah. I've been living in Miami five years now. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> to launch it down there, the whole concept of, I want to step back for a minute because I want to go back to 2010, 2011, the HBCU experience, the frater black fraternity experience, because, you know, I'm a member of Mega South Five, proud member, as you are proud members of Cap Alpha Psi. And to think about in 2020, you know, HBCU somehow started getting donations and people, corp white corporations started recognizing the need to connect, uh, whether diversity. How did that affect you? And I'll let you start, Navarre, and definitely, Michael, I wanted to hear your reaction to this as well on HBCUs and how it seemed to. And it was before we had a, a vice president elect in uh, Kamala Harris from Howard right. University. So this was this was momentum before her. So talk about Navarre. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole beauty of going to HBCU for me is the relationships that, uh, you know, that I established while going to mm -hmm. Clark Lane University and just, you know, being a part of Cap Alpha Psi, you know, I met other uh, fraternity brothers across, you know, the U.S. Mm -hmm. And for us, you know, just being able to uh, expand, expand, you know, our brand and company, you know, as a whole, you know, from HBCU's uh, establishment, uh, it just meant a lot for us. Yeah, it, you know, um, just just to expound on that as well, coming from an HBCU background, it really fuels our fire when it comes to starting this business, growing this business, being entrepreneurs and having a platform to really inspire and motivate other folks that look like us, that have similar backgrounds as us. I'm sure you know, Rushan, that, you know, the black and brown community in business, especially in the tech world, in the entrepreneurial world, we're majorly underrepresented. And so coming from Clark Atlanta University, you know, an HBCU that was founded on the principles of, you know, the Christian church 
and the ideals of young black men and young black women having all of the same um, opportunities as as the as their majority counterparts. You know, it's very important for us to reach back to the HBC community, to the Greek community, to our communities that we grew up in and show them that we can make a way in tech, in business. And we've been able to do that. You know, we're extremely proud of the fact that we built QuickLit from the ground up without any outside or private funding. We're completely self-funded up until this point. You know, we have women on our chief executive board. You know, we have black people on our chief executive board from HBC. HBCUs. And we're just very proud of that because we don't see enough people in the market that look like us. And we want to change that. Well, we will change that. Now, now, Navarre, he spent time over in China. Now, I, I'm trying to figure out how he go over to Beijing. He went from HBCU to Beijing, not in Miami. Now, now you, you, you're something else, Navarre. Talk about that experience because I always tell people, I remember when I left my job in, uh, IBM to tell jokes, you know, going to be the next Eddie Murphy. But it was a lot of unknown to that. and Because you don't know when you walk, going to the next day, you don't know the unknown. A black man going to China, why? Me? Man, I'm very adventurous. I love, you know, trying something <laughs> new, going somewhere else that I've never been. And uh, for me, China was, a, was, a open, was an open experience for me, opened my eyes. Because a lot of things we take for granted, you know, working, uh, in the bathroom, eating, is things that they don't have. You know, they, these uh, kids, they're kids, when I say 14, 13 years old, working 16-hour shifts nonstop and scared to speak to people. And you mm -hmm. come here in America where, you know, we're, we're crying about eight-hour shifts or seven-hour shifts. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a lot of things you just take for granted. So that really shifted my paradigm and just changed my way of, of looking at life and uh, really allowed me to take a lot of things that we take for granted here in the U.S. and to run with it. Uh, because, you know, I not to, not to make that same, you know, uh, mistake that I made or I have to have that same type of uh, energy, or I just wanted to carry that energy over from China to uh, to America because, like I said, there's a lot of things that we take for granted that uh, we could be, you know, using to our full advantage here. Well, when you say that, take for granted, you know, because you know we take air conditioning for granted, we take a, a, a toilet supposed to be, a bathroom supposed to be in your house, you know, or, you know, what 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 are some of the things? If you say the top three things that we take it, that we take for granted in the United States that we should appreciate more, besides democracy. Uh, like I said, uh, one, like you said, just the bathroom, the way we use the bathroom is totally different. Uh, you know, the comfort, <laughs> I'll just say it's totally different from the China experience of how you use the bathroom to how you use a bathroom here in America. That was just a totally eye opener because like I said, I'm sanitary, you know, our work life schedule, you know, we have work life balance sort of say here in America where, you know, work eight hour shifts, work 40 hours a week. And we think, you know, that's, you know, a good balance. Whereas in China, they're working 60, 80 hour shifts, like it's the norm. You know, they're not even, you know, coming up for their breaks like 30 minutes. When I go to some of these, you know, some of these places I was going to in China, you know, these their customers were scared to speak outside of, you know, outside of their work because this is what they were strict and, you know, what they had to do. Uh, so that kind of just opened my eyes. It's just like, man, those things that we take for granted, the work hours, uh, how we eat, sleep, uh, you know, a shower. Like I said, they're taking showers outside some of them in certain, certain places. Uh, and then also, like I said, it's it's crazy because in China is is a communist uh, place. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just even driving cars, they only can have, you know, drive a car six days out of the week. Uh, the seventh day they can't drive because of the population. So it's just a lot of regulations that they have to follow and abide by that here in America. We, you know, obviously have the, free, the freedom to do whatever we want. Wow. Now, Mr. Piles, corporate man. Yes, sir. Target. Yes, sir. See, that's why I love talking to you guys, because you guys, 
And that's why I feel you guys are going to be successful because I always tell people, you know, when you got people with so many different unique ideas and you're willing to compromise and, and combine those ideas, because I look at the international flavor. I'm going to give Navarre. He's international flavor. You know, he's both of you guys went to the HBU school and then you come from a corporate perspective, you know, that corporate background. Explain how that's being an asset to you and building out the business in the quick lick. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to cut my teeth in the corporate world, working for large Fortune 50 and Fortune 100 corporations, such as Target at their corporate headquarters. Uh, it allowed me as a young man, because I, I started working in the corporate world right out of college, 21, 22 years old. Um, I got into it and had a lot of responsibility as a young man in a very big pond. And what it what it taught me was a few things. Uh, in order to make a, a company work and thrive, you need collaboration, you need teamwork. You need a diverse set of individuals with different backgrounds, just like you said, you know, Navarre brings something totally different to Quick Lick than I do. And that goes for all of the people on our executive board and, and just on our team in general. And another thing that getting my start in the corporate world showed me was uh, just to have polish and professionalism. You know, for us as African-American men really trying to revolutionize an industry that's thousands of years old, like alcohol, we have to work that much harder and be that much more tight and polished and refined in order for people to take us seriously and in order to grow this business and make the connections we need to take this business to the next level. And so getting that experience allowed me to work with people from all different backgrounds, people not just from HBCUs like myself, but also the Harvards of the world and the Yales. And that sort of experience was invaluable. And then the last thing that working in corporate showed me, Rashawn, was that Working in, in the corporate world was great as a young man, but in order to truly establish generational wealth, which is me and Navarre's goal in life, to have a legacy to leave to our family and our kids and our community, you need to branch out on your own and take ownership of something. So corporate gave me the background and the polish, but it also gave me the motivation to say, you know what, if I want to get compensated the way I deserve to be compensated, if I want to build generational wealth, I can't do that working under someone. I got to get out and bet on myself and grow a business like we did with Quick Lick. Now I want to follow up with what you just said. Um, COVID-19, COVID-19 hit in 2020. We saw, you know, the, the, the ability to do curbside delivery, uh, online delivery. Hey, you know, Amazon going to be announcing where well, they're going to they're going to uh, drone in deliveries to people homes probably in late 2021. What impact? They say time is everything. P being able to pivot is everything. The COVID situation with the launch of your delivery of QuickLick. Talk about the advantages of that timing to the positive impact on your business. Uh yeah, so really, it was divine timing to say to tell you the truth. I mean, we, you know, said the because we conceptualized quickly in 2011. It became mm -hmm. founded in 2018 and 2020 when the pandemic happened. You know, hit us all. You know, by storm, we had to take a step back. We actually shut down operations for two days to kind of get an understanding of what was mm -hmm. going on with COVID. Where we had to put had make sure all our delivery drivers had masks and gloves at the time. Uh, but after we, you know, got a better understanding of the pandemic, what was going on, it really, you know, hit like a light switch. It became a necessity for alcohol delivery. Uh, especially right. with everything going on, customers no longer wanted to, you know, 
make get up off their house and go to the liquor store to get the, get the bottle. Uh, so now having quick look at the option where you know they can select their best beer wine experience with just a click from their you know, website or from their phone. Uh, we made that option and really you know ran with it. We definitely had to make some you know maneuvers within our business model for the pandemic, but that's for the most part it worked in our favor. It was just divine timing of us keeping putting our head down. And now that we looked up, you know, it was just perfect timing for the pandemic to happen and for quickly to already have all our nuts in a row. Now, with that being said, okay, when I go to a, a website that sells liquor, it says click right here. If you're 18, click, you know, identify. So my number one thought is, okay, who do you know buying your liquor that is requesting these deliveries? How do you protect yourself, Mr. Piles? Yes, sir. So um, that's a great question. And in this business, you know, age verification, we call it age gating, meaning, you know, if you're not of age to drink, you can't you can't be on our website. You can't get our product. We don't even want to talk to you over the phone. You know, QuickLick has a huge corporate responsibility to make sure that we are being gatekeepers um, to make sure that folks of drinking age, not minors of drinking age, have access to our product. So what we do is we have lots of different age gating steps in the process in order to order from us. So as soon as you go to our website or as soon as you go to our app, it's going to ask you before you could even see the website, are you over 21 years old? That's the first step. And then you can, you know, once you verify you are, you can go ahead and browse our inventory, see what you'd like to order. And before you check out, you have to verify again. And then before our delivery drivers give you the bottles, they're going to check your ID. So we have at least three steps in our age verification process at all times. That's awesome. Now, so I'm about to talk about coming to Atlanta. I got to go to the single guy over here. I'm sorry, sir. You you showed me the ring. So <laughs> this, I know this February campaign ain't got nothing to do with you. The shoot your shot. <laughs> that all the ball right there. That's all the right. ball right there. <laughs> I know that for a fact. It would love to because Atlanta, you know, you guys are coming to uh Atlanta in February with a campaign called Shoot Your Shot. I, 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 it's, it sounds like a lot of fun. But campaigning and getting eyeballs and getting engagement is always the key to making it happen. Talk about uh, the, the Shoot Your Shot campaign. Yeah, so like I said, we're excited to be expanding to, uh, to Atlanta. You know, Michael and I both went to Clarkland University, so Atlanta is home for us. <laughs> and we thought of a dope uh, marketing campaign called Shoot Your Shot. That's and, your uh, idea. That's and, your and idea. For Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, it's shoot your shot. It's not just to shoot your shot, you know, at, at your girl or the girlfriend mm -hmm. or the girl you've been admiring. But it's also shoot your shot at businesses and you know companies and, okay. and industries that okay. you probably want to you know you know pay way for or get it or get into. Uh, so it's more it's much more than just shoot your shot for Valentine's Day. Uh, but yeah, it's the campaign that we're running. We're gonna be sending out emails, uh, marketing the blast to get the customers engaged. Uh, and like I said, we'd love to shoot our shot, you know, in, in the Atlanta basket and uh, see what uh, transpires from it. Oh, it's awesome idea. I'm just going to let you know what they sent me, Naval. It said, at the top of February, QuickLick will launch their Shoot Your Shot campaign, which will encourage supporters to send their favorite beverage to their crush and aunt. Their crush, not business, not cousin. Their crush and on our Valentine's Day. QuickLick has been operating in South Florida for over a year and will launch officially in Atlanta in February 2021. You know, I'm having fun with you guys. And like I said, I'm just bringing that up and just having more fun. But when I see a good campaign and we know that in, in the month of February, especially Valentine's Day, you can't find a restaurant. They all sold out. If you don't have a restaurant on the day of, you try to take your girl out, 
you go stay home with your girl. And now with being able to realize that putting that campaign out, what can I do for you? I, I love to be able to put you on my social media. Are you putting banners? What marketing techniques are you using? Not only nationally, because you know, but also in the local Atlanta market that I can help you out with. Oh, that's that's really, really great. We would really appreciate that. You know, one thing that we really utilize in order to connect with customers and spread our message far and wide is our social media. So um, we would encourage you as well as all of your followers of your platform to follow QuickLick on Instagram at QuickLick underscore. Uh, we can also be found on Facebook uh, at Get QuickLick and look on our website, www.getquicklick.com. That's w www.getquicklit.com. We're going to be doing a very strong media push on mm -hmm. our social media platforms, especially Instagram. We're going to have some creative stories, some fresh content, some interactive content where people can see, you know, recipes and how to engage with our campaigns like shoot your shot. And right. so if you can follow us, you know, repost something that we're doing on our online platform, that would be a huge, huge boom. But you're going to start to see a lot of great content coming out of the end of this month as we get into February, which is not only the launch of Quick Lick in Atlanta, which we're extremely proud and excited for, but also Black History Month. It was it was actually uh, strategic for us to pick February because once again, you know, we always want to illuminate the fact that we are a black owned company, you know, operating as a bootstrap self-funded organization in this day and time. And so we want to pay homage to the people like Dr. Martin Luther King and to all of the great ancestors, you know, that that led the way for us to be able to have a business and a platform like this. Well, it's important. Uh, you know, we know, uh, you know, 2021, man, if you don't understand what each month means, you have, you know, you have a Father's Day, you got Mother's Day coming up, got Easter. Every one of those days in a marketing has to be a tool you use to, you know, gain leverage for your brand. You know, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Black Music Month in June. All those days mean something. So now strategically, when you guys are sitting down looking at your calendar, how do y'all look at strategy? Like I, like I said, like you just told me, Black History Month, I just talked to Navarre about the Valentine's Day. So really there's two things going on there. You're launching yes. strategically in Black History Month, but you're taking advantage of the relationship. February is also known as a relationship month. So how do you look at strategizing moving forward? You got Miami on lock. You're about to move to Atlanta. Old stomping grounds. Oh, fraternity brothers are going to come to your aid. Oh, alumni, alumni from, from that whole Spelman, Morehouse, Clark, Atlanta is going to come to your aid. What's the, what's the future of Quick Lick in the southeast part of the country? Absolutely. That, that's a that's a wonderful question. And it was actually you led right into where I wanted to go with the relationships. One of the biggest differentiators for QuickLit versus our competitors is that we are a lifestyle brand. What that means is we go the extra mile to truly connect with our customers and our brand partners and our account partners in a very local and organic way. We don't operate like just a corporate business 
even though I have a corporate background, you know, that's not who we are. We came from the HBCU world, Clark Atlanta University, where our bands were, were you know, you go to homecoming to watch the band, not necessarily right. the football game, right? Mm -hmm. we, we come from a background of having that flavor, that coolness, that swag, and that's how we brand the company as well. So to answer your question, and from a strategic standpoint, we're always looking at how can we transcend just the consumer, the normal corporate consumer interaction and truly differentiate ourselves from our competitors? Well, one of the, the main ways we do that is by having the shoot your shot campaigns, which resonate with people, whether you're in a relationship or single, like my man, Navar. You know, we, we also look at the calendar, like you said, Rashawn, and every quarter we're looking at what's going on, you know, Super Bowl. What, what are things that can connect quickly on a real visceral level with our customers? Because that's the thing about the alcohol industry and that's why we love it. Alcohol brings people together, whether you're mm -hmm. celebrating, whether you're commiserating, you know, whatever you're going through, it, it, you can have a libation as long as you're doing it responsibly. And we want to be a, a connector for that in a, in a responsible way. Well, I, I love because, first of all, Quick Lick is not about color. You know, you know, you can every month, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Day. OK, <laughs> that, that's right. That, that, that's on your that's a great liquor drinking month. OK. And so that's what I love about it. When you look at the diversity and the and the potential explosion of this business, especially COVID allowed a lot of restrictions, the curbside lifestyle, the touchless delivery, uh, no contact delivery. That's what people are seeking now. I know when I get my, my car washed, I just drive right on in. I just hit my credit card. I don't let nobody come inside my car anymore. And we know that yeah. lifestyle is not going to change, you know, with the vaccination rate. And even after you get vaccinated, they tell you still should wear a mask. So that means that a lot of procedures are going to be it's, it's I'm just I just want to say congratulations, you know, because a lot of good ideas. The other people tend to get them and you guys are seeing right. at the cups of a great idea, not just a good idea, a great idea. And I'm just letting you know, I develop money making conversations because to me, speaking to you two are like, you're the stars. You always see your know, people on the big screen, but you know, you make, you pay taxes, you employ people, you keep this company moving. And more important as black men, you make us proud and don't stop. Thank you. you. Know, even, Thank even you. Hanging out in Thank China. You. With Navarre, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations, man. But again, I, I'm very honest. I have like 1.6 million people I control within my uh, Money Making Conversation platform from newsletters to social media to, to uh, like my podcast and my radio syndication. So I extend that free of charge. It's not about me trying wow. to get something out of it. It's about me trying to grow your brand and also give you a voice that you can turn to and also a person that, and I've created this platform to mentor people. And I feel that it's a mentorship that I'm extending to you guys because I'm excited. I want you to grow Thank as you. big as you can. And if you take one of my ideas and make a million dollars, I'm going to be the first one to give you the knuckle sandwich and say, man, thank you. Because it was just sitting over right. here doing nothing. Congratulations. You know 
we, we really appreciate that. I just wanted to say, you know, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. You know, I have seen your, your, your videos and heard your podcast and seen your reach with folks like Steve Harvey and Stephen A. Smith. And it's just amazing to be in a position to speak to such an accomplished and decorated brother like yourself. So thank you so much for this platform. You know, we're at the point in this company where we're trying to grow this thing big. You know, like I said, we're trying to grow a legacy with Quick Lick. And even though we've been self-funded to this point, now we are actively and aggressively looking for investor partners to invest in this company because we want to take this thing to the next level, not just Atlanta. We want to go, we want to cover the whole Southeast. We want to get out to the West Coast at the end of this year. So we have dreams of grandeur and people like yourself, I can't thank enough for giving us a platform to get our business out there to the masses. Thank Navar, you so much. Clo closing, Navar, it's on you now. Wrap up. No, I mean, Michael wrapped it up. I mean, he's, he's a speaker, as, as you can see. Uh, he, he can wrap up the uh, interview from start to finish. But no, like Michael said, I'm beyond grateful and thankful for you to allow us to have this platform to, you know, share quickly with our company. And like Michael said, we're mostly growing, looking to expand to Tampa, Atlanta. And like I said, we're in our pre-seed round looking for funding. So uh, if you'd like to inquire more, you can definitely uh, reach us at our email, which is info, I -N I-N-F-O, the at sign, getquicklick.com. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-K-L-I-Q.com. Mm -hmm. All right, man. That's pretty much it. We're <laughs> cool. Well, I want to thank y'all for coming on the show and give me the opportunity to have fun with you, man, and talk about two, a growing business. And believe me, it's the, it's going to be on fire, man. I can't wait to send me some – make sure you send those banners, man, because shoot your shot. <laughs> we will. You already know. You're, you already know how we do 1911 love, brother. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all be careful now. If you want to hear more money making conversations interviews, please go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? There is a better way. Start the new year with otter.ai. Automatically get meeting notes. Otter.ai works for virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores. Otter.ai. That's O-T-T-E-R A-I. Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times. And every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll.